0: This is the Dice Tower Network, adding games to your wish list since 2005. The home of smart people, insightful board gaming commentary, and Luke Hector. Find out more at DiceTowerNetwork.com. The Broken Meeple, Season 2, Episode 1, Reboot. Welcome to The Broken Meeple, a show devoted to board and card games, recorded on 13th November 2016. Today, I need to explain a few things about what Season 2 holds for The Broken Meeple, and then we'll get right into reviews with Jill Hover's The Networks. Hello and welcome to everyone new and old, this is indeed season 2 of the Broken Meeple and a lot of you out there are probably thinking, hang on, what gives? You did an episode last week and it's not like you to do two episodes in two weeks, what gives? Well, the idea is is that recently I asked for feedback about how to take the Broken Meeple podcast forward. I've had the new microphone set up but I was more curious about the format of my episodes because in season one, as I like to call it, the first 48 episodes that I've done for the Broken Meeple, I have basically done a one hour slot at the end of each month. That was the typical time scale I went. So one episode a month for about an hour, sometimes more, doing a range of segments. Now, the problem with that was that it always resulted in me at the last minute having to devote a lot of my weekend to getting the episode out. It was very difficult to find the time to do it piecemeal. Now, a piecemeal style podcast would actually be better for me, time-wise, because not only would it allow me to get this content out more frequently, but it would allow me to react to more topical issues, spread my segments around, get in more reviews as such, because previously I was doing a spin-off series called Broken Meeple Audio Reviews, where I reviewed a game in 10 minutes. That was okay, but it never really took off, and it wasn't as popular, so I want to merge that with the podcast as normal. So what I've essentially done is rebooted the entire podcast. So it will now follow a more frequent but shorter format for the foreseeable future. And most podcasts and most shows will have a season one, a season two, a season three or something. So rather than continuing the the chain of episodes, shall we say, which I believe this is now... The 49th episode I have recorded, this will still technically be Season 2, Episode 1. So, my 49th recorded episode, but Season 2, Episode 1 for clarification purposes. So, for those of you tuning in to this podcast from a new standpoint, because I know a lot of people like to home in on the start of a new season, a quick word about who I am and what I do. My name's Luke Hector, and I've been playing board games solidly for a good three to four years now, but I was engaged in many roleplay games and Warhammer 40k and other smaller board games before that time. So I've been a gamer most of my life, but the hobby has really picked up for me over the last few years. I then decided when I got into the hobby that not only was I going to build up a collection, but I was also going to start reviewing games as I really enjoyed watching shows like The Dice Tower and various other shows in order to get my information. I currently do written reviews, but I am looking to expand into video later, I'll more on that soon, and I run this podcast, which is the main way I get my voice heard, shall we say. Now, as I mentioned, I want to get into video and I did briefly do this a while back on YouTube but that account has now become dormant for the time being. I am currently running a Patreon campaign on www.patreon.com slash thebrokenmeeple where I'm asking very, you know, almost begging really in the sense for money to be donated to the show so that I can acquire some video equipment without being out of pocket and out of food for the next god knows how many months in order to get back into doing video reviews rather than written reviews. Of course, the podcast will remain completely unchanged if that ever comes to fruition. I just want to be able to take a break from doing the written style reviews and get back into videos now that I've got a new game room set up. Yes, as most people through Season 1 would know, I recently moved house and now I have a new setup, new room, new microphone and a new games room where videos would actually be quite suitable to do. I want to be able to bring in people from iGame game clubs, you know, to join me on Top 10s. I want to do reviews, I want to do discussions, I want to see if live streaming may be possible. I've got a lot of dreams for video reviews but obviously I need the equipment and the expertise to do it and that takes time and more importantly it also takes money. So if you're able to help with that, that would be great. If you want to know what sort of games I like, well, typically I go for anything that's for Manic, whether it's a Euro or a Merifrash game, as they're called. But if you want to get a decent, detailed overview of the sort of games I like, then there's two sources you can check out. Firstly, I recently put up some shelfies on, you know, shelfie photos on Facebook and Twitter that show off my collection as it stands. You can have a look for those on the cover photo for my Facebook page, has one in particular. Or you can listen to my podcast during the August 2016 era where I did my top 100 games of all time. That's the second time I have done that list. The previous year was a top 75 technically, but this time I moved it up to top 100. And I will now be doing a top 100 every single year in the summer as a kind of anniversary special of running the Broken Meeple. In terms of affiliations, I am currently a member on the Dice Tower Network. I contribute to their weekly and well in a sense my contributions are fortnightly but I contribute to their audio podcast that they do with regards to their top 10 lists and their questions of the week. I also contribute a small segment called The Starting Tile which is a four minute segment on their podcast where I talk about one or two gateway level games based on different themes and different mechanics that I suggest for people should use to get others into the hobby. Because gateway games are an area I like to focus on where possible. Now, don't get me wrong, I like big, complicated Euros as well. I've got three-hour monstrosities on my shelf, courtesy of people like Vital Lacerda and Uri Rosenberg and co. But, you know, gateway games are how you teach new players and bring them into the hobby. And therefore, the segment, the starting tile, is my way of saying, right, well, if they're into this or if they might be into that, here's a couple of ideas that you might not have heard of that might get them into the hobby. It's a nice little contribution that I've been doing for about, let's say, 9 to 10 episodes now. I think, it's, I think I'll think i be doing my 10th episode very soon, if I remember correctly. And that's going to continue for the foreseeable future. Now, of course, with the Dice Tower Network, I occasionally appear on some of their live shows when they come to the UK Games Expo in Essen, two big conventions that I like to attend every year now. And... Sam Healy on the Dice Tower has also asked me to contribute to Froat Punch Lunch in the future. That is, of course, if I can get back in the video. So, of course, help me get back in the video and I'll be more than happy to contribute to Froat Punch Lunch with a variety show. So, you know, one thing leads to another. But that's about it really about myself. You know, I'm just an accountant in Portsmouth, UK that likes to play board games and review them you know it's a hobby of mine it's a passion of mine i don't get paid to do this i get a few review copies every now and again but most of my stuff is bought for me but the review copies do come in on a semi-frequent basis but I don't always get a choice over what arrives. I don't get paid by people to do specific reviews or and I also tend to stray as far away from Kickstarter previews as I can. Very rarely will I do a Kickstarter preview and even then it will only be for an established publisher. But ideally, I like to leave the Kickstarter previews to other people who specialise in that area. I'm more interested in the game when it comes out. If you want to locate me on other platforms such as Facebook, Twitter and my official blog, then keep an ear out at the end of this episode where I give a little 30 second speech about the various places where you can find me. But now let's carry on with the episode in general because, as I said, season two is all about doing shorter episodes. These episodes used to take about an hour to talk about and then an hour, two hours to edit. It was quite a minefield of doing it. So as I said, I want to do shorter episodes. I want to take the segments I did originally, which was top tens, uh, one more game, discussions, first impressions, actual reviews, and split them up into smaller podcasts that I can do more frequently you know if a topical discussion comes up then I can just whip out the microphone do a quick podcast and get it issued out there rather than having to wait till the end of the month with all this stored information then do the podcast which believe me talking for an hour straight really doesn't do the throat any good and even then some of the topical subjects might be out of date by then there's a reason why the news is the news there's no point holding on to the news for a good you know three weeks before you get a chance to talk about it and the same goes with first impressions of games. If I played a game that's really cool, I want to talk about it. I don't want to have to wait three weeks before I give you my first impression of it, because by that point, chances are you've already played it yourself. So that's the whole point. I want to get this more frequent, quicker, faster, out there. So enough about my background, hopefully that's given you an idea of what The Broken Meeple was all about. So to start off Season 2, very, shall we say, quite fitting actually, as we're talking about rebooted shows, we're going to talk about Jill Hovers' The Networks. The Networks is a game published by Formal Ferret Games designed by Jill Hover. You may have seen him round the UK Games Expo and Essen, he does like to keep a very good presence at conventions. In the Networks, you and your opponents are new television networks and you need to get new programming for your prime time slots. As with all TV shows, they come and go, they need refreshing, they need renewing, they need constant change of actors, they need ads. And for that, you need shows, stars and ads to populate your network. You are battling against the other opponents to try and have the best primetime network at the end. So effectively, you're going for the most viewers. Each round is a season season. And during those seasons, you are acquiring shows, you are acquiring stars, you are acquiring ads, and using these to boost up your network. So stars will give you bonus viewers, you know, people want to see the best actors on TV, and new shows will be interesting and appealing to people. And ads, of course, give you extra money, which you need in order to finance these shows and pay the stars that you've got. Now, it's not as simple as just simply acquiring them. Some stars are only going to give their best effort if you put them in the proper conditions. You know, one particular star who's thinking he's the next best Oscar winner only wants to be put on a drama show, and various other types will include that. And the ads are better set in correct time slots to get you the most money. There's no point putting a kid's advert, for example, late at night when they're all going to be in bed, for example. And of course, as with all TV shows, they age. Viewers lose interest and so you've got to keep the line up fresh. You can't constantly use the same shows from the beginning of the game till the end of the game. Eventually you will have to cancel shows and send them into reruns and then get new shows to fill in those spaces. So your network is changing over the course of the game. Now, overall, there are more positives than there are negatives to say about this game. First up, I will start with a negative which is more of a personal gripe. Some of you probably won't have a problem with this. The artwork in this game is very subjective. It looks the part, you know, they look like they're clips of shows being run. But the artwork is very specific. It's a it's a very weird style. I think the only time I've ever seen it is in weird sort of comic strips or parody comic strips. And it looks the part, it's fine, it's not horrible, but it's probably not a style that I'm used to. You know, the people look kind of weird and, you know, there's only so much colour around. So it's it's not the best artwork I can think of for a game, but that's a personal gripe. I've seen people who are more than happy with the artwork, they find it very amusing, and there are some good gags thrown in, in terms of the titles of the shows. Granted, I wish there was actually more shows in general, but I believe there was a small expansion you could get at uh, conventions for this. And of course, if it gets expanded more in the future, then that means more shows. So that will only get better with time. Those are really the only small gripes I have with the game. The artwork is a little subjective for me, and I do wish there was a bit more variety in the shows. But that's all the negatives I can think of. After that, it's all just positives. Firstly, the theme comes out very strongly with this game. You actually do feel like you're running that TV network because all these different shows and stars they are categorized by things like sci-fi and reality TV and fantasy, that kind of thing... And you're choosing from a row of cards that will refresh every season. And there's a tense atmosphere as to whether you can get the ad or show or star you want. Because once they're taken by a player, that's it. You can't get it. So you have to get it as part of your action early if you want to do it. But of course, shows need money and you'll find that money runs out quite quickly in this game. So you're going to need to get those ads at some point in order to populate your, well, sorry, to fill up your money bank essentially. But the shows, are it's really cool how you're thinking with these decisions of, now let's see, I could grab that one and stick that in the 8pm slot, but I've already got a good show there. Well, that ad is better, will get me more money here, so I'll put it here. That's That star, I don't need him yet, but I'm going to need him soon, so he can sit in my green room for the time being while I wait. All right, I'll grab this show, hmm, a weird sort of wrestling match. Okay, we'll put that in 9pm, and we'll cancel this other show. You're down to reruns, nobody likes you anymore. And this comedy star is only going to get funny later in his acting career, so for now I'll just have to get him early and put him in his prime later. There's all these really cool decisions that you have to make as you're running, only just Free channels on your network, you're only concerned with prime time, 8pm, 9pm, and 10pm. Each can have a show, each can have a certain amount of stars and ads, and you also have these network cards that you can buy on the side, which give you some special um, one-off abilities every now and again, or some permanent abilities, or more often than not, some bonuses at the end of the game. As well as those cards, though, you can also get bonuses from having three of the same type of show, like three sci-fi shows, and again with five sci-fi shows. Now, each round plays out very similarly. It is essentially a rinse and repeat affair. You get a new set of cards every round. There's a couple of decks so that the shows get more progressively more viewers and cost more as the game goes on. But essentially, you get a new row of cards, you get a new row of network cards, and then you take actions in turn order. So there's only so much downtime, not that much downtime, where you pick a show, pick an ad, pick a star, grab a network card, you know, cancel a show, Very simplistic actions. So the game is actually not that difficult to learn. It takes a game or two to get into the swing of, oh, is this the way I should be playing? But then a good game is like that. But it's not very difficult to learn. The rulebook is a little bit bland, but it's clear and concise and does explain the game fairly well. There wasn't very much ambiguity as I was going through it with other players. Now, of course, it looks a little bland in a sense. I mean, the artwork is subjective, but essentially you've got this... There's a lot of grey. There's a lot of grey and brown everywhere. I do wish there was maybe a bit more colour as it's on the table, but it fits the profile, and if you're happy with that, then you won't have a problem either. So the crux of this game is mostly about the timing, because each of your shows has certain amounts of viewers that it will get you in each season of the game, each round of the game, and they get progressively higher or lower depending on the show, and stars have a similar effect, and sometimes so do ads as well. So it's all about timing when you get the shows into particular slots, how long you keep them there for, and when you choose to cancel them. Because when you put them in your reruns pile, it's effectively a discard pile. And it counts for bonuses, but all they essentially do is get you, like, a viewer. You know, a single point for each of them as they go there. And eventually you are going to have to cancel shows. That's just the way it is, because you can only fit three proper running shows in your actual slots. But do you keep one for just two seasons when it hits its peak and then cancel it? Or do you keep one for the entire game almost and let it run its course all the way from beginning to end? You get quite a few gags come up as people compare this sort of thing to actual real live shows. I mean, certainly uh, we've had references to Game of Thrones and Lost and pretty much every superhero season that's ever come out in terms of comparing when things should have been cancelled or not. Um, Oh, actually, yeah, Firefly, biggest one there. And it's really cool how you have to make these fairly simple but fairly important decisions at each action of the game in order to keep the show going there's not much else on top of that I mean certainly the depth is there but we're not talking brain burner level here I mean it's probably a medium weight game I would say I would never suggest this as a gateway game no way I wouldn't even suggest this as a next step game but this is not a heavy brain burner so it's somewhere in the middle. You know, it should appeal to most gamers. Maybe it's a little bit light for like the, those hardcore three and a half hour minimum Euro gamers that you get out there. And I certainly wouldn't teach this to a new player, but it's, it's in the middle. If you're used to games, you'll pick this up fine and you should have good fun with it. So overall, the networks is a success. It's not a mind-blowing game, but it is a very solid and well-designed one. The theme for what is essentially a simplistic action Euro game is still very strong. The... Artwork and the sort of graphic design and just a general sort of visual appeal of the game could be better but then you know maybe that will come in future expansions or maybe there might be a revised edition of the game in the long run who knows but it's a small gripe I don't I'm not going to knock the game too much for that it's also a subjective opinion some people really like the way that the artwork is portrayed it's just not a style I'm particularly used to. But with that aside, this game is a very solid, very fun Euro that mimics the whole running a TV network theme very well. We'll get a lot of you talking and laughing during the game. And providing you don't go mad with the player count, I'd probably suggest max it at 4. Uh, 3 players is a good one, 4 is the absolute max. You can even play this solo, which is quite cool, you know, to try and run the most efficient TV network possible. That was a good laugh. I would not want to play this with 5, though. 5 is just that bit too long, it might just take a while for the whole game to end. Not to mention, you'll be thinking, oh great, I'll never be able to get a show, because by the time it gets back round to you, if you haven't picked it by now, it's probably already gone. So I would probably cap the players at around 3 or 4 at best. So I'm giving the Networks a broken rating of 7 unfairly cancelled shows. Yes, my rating is out of 10 and I tend to put some weird gimmicky description after it. But essentially, it's 7 out of 10. I think the Networks is maybe not the best euro that's come out this year, but certainly one I think you should go and check out, especially if you think the TV network theme would appeal to you. So that's all for today. What? I know, where's the rest of the podcast, I hear you ask? Well, maybe one of you anyway. But that's what I said I was going to do for season two. The episodes are shorter. I get a review, I get some first impressions, I do a top ten, I do maybe one or two discussions. You know, I try to keep it shorter so that these things don't drag on. So maybe you can listen to a whole episode on a commute to work. Well, maybe one and a half. We'll see. Depends how far you've got to go to work. But I want to keep them shorter. I want to make this more frequent. So no more of that whole one episode per month malarkey. Now you're going to start seeing episodes come out much more frequently. You know, we're not going to talk ridiculous amounts. I mean, the dream of being able to do this once a week is unlikely given the rest of my life. But certainly, at bare minimum, you should see two a month. I reckon I could probably get three a month without too much trouble. It really just depends on what I do for the podcast. I mean, if the podcast takes me a good half an hour, then maybe that one will require a bit of time in between. But if I'm literally just going to talk about some topic for 15 minutes and that's the podcast, then, well, that'll be easier to get out nice and quick. We'll see how this goes. That's what reboots are all about, and that's why I like to experiment and update the podcast as much as I can. So that's it for me on Season 2, Episode 1 of The Broken Meeple. Take care, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and remember, it's only a game. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more about The Broken Meeple, there are various sources for you to choose from. You can check out the written review blog at brokenmeeple.blogspot.co.uk. You can find me on Facebook at The Broken Meeple. You can find me also on Twitter at The Broken Meeple. If you live anywhere near Portsmouth, Hampshire, you can come to one of our board gaming clubs. Search for Portsmouth On Board on meetup.com or Facebook and check out our pages. Also, check out my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash The and pledge anything you can to help me get back into video and improve this experience for you. Thanks for listening. Take care. Enjoy playing games. And from me and everyone else at the Dice Tower, have fun gaming. You're listening to the Dice Tower Network. If you like this show, you might like the 20 Minutes of Filler podcast or the Broken Meeple. Find out more at Dicetowernetwork.com.